You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. I forgot what we were doing. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot what I normally say. Hello and welcome to History for Weirdos. We are your hosts, Andrew and Stephanie. And each week, we're going to take you on a journey into the strange, obscure, and relentlessly entertaining corners of human history. Now listen up, friends, because it's about to get weird. Welcome back, weirdos. We are here with another episode of History for Weirdos, episode 31. Yes, episode number 31. Woohoo. Happy New Year. And Happy New Year, everyone. I hope you guys had a great and safe New Year. Yes. No one got COVID. Hopefully. And hopefully, crossing my fingers for y'all, and hopefully it was just a lot of fun. Yeah, and I, I'm really hoping that 2022 is gentle with us all. Right. I know <laughs> in 2022, uh, it's what, the second day and I've almost died. That's true. This morning. <laughs> this morning. Uh, because of our dog and mascot of the show, Stella, I ran into the street because she got loose from her harness, and it was a busy street. Uh, and she darted into a very busy intersection here in LA, yes. and Andrew, without thinking, just darted after her, and the two of them almost perished before my eyes. Yes. Uh, so it's been an interesting start to the new year. Yeah, so we far. got a nice adrenaline rush at the start yes. of this year. I'm literally in the middle of the street or street. Street. <laughs> Well, I know I'm still traumatized. I'm middle of the street yelling Stella. Like Cause that's straight, her name. Because that's her name. Like a streetcar named Desire. He's literally like his hands like shaking in the air. Stella! I mean, I, I literally, I completely just lost control of myself. Yeah. I, I don't remember me doing it. I just yeah. know that I did do it though. Yeah. Uh, as weird as that sounds. And that's how we started our new year. We, we hope that you all had a, a sweeter, softer, more relaxing start to the new year. And I'm very grateful that both Stella and Andrew are still here with us because then it would have been really hard to do the episode without him because it was his week. Right. I know. You to go. I don't think you could have done this. No. <laughs> you wouldn't have been ready. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have been ready. So thank you for not perishing. Right. These are the more important things, mm-hmm. right? History for weirdos, not my life. Okay. <laughs> so tell me who or what... Shall you be uh, regaling us with this week? Okay, so let me ask you a question. Uh-huh. When you think of the typical pirate, you yeah. know, who or what do you think of? I think of Wesley from The Princess Bride, wherein he's the Dread Pirate mm. Roberts. Okay. I'm thinking more of like, <laughs> you know, real, along the lines of reality. Okay, that was harsh. Um, <laughs> along, like Redbeard, right? Blackbeard. Blackbeard? I think there was a Redbeard to be your, to be fair to you, but Blackbeard is far more famous. Oh, okay, Blackbeard. Yeah, that's who I meant. Yeah, that's how you meant. Yeah, definitely. You and have to coach me next time on what to say when you <laughs> ask these questions. 
<laughs> I know, I got you on the spot. Yeah, I went off. I know, that's that's a little embarrassing. Okay, but anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, so in my notes, I'm like, when you think of the most prolific pirate ever, Blackbeard usually comes to mind. <laughs> <clears throat> well, the candidate whom I would put forward yes. as the most prolific pirate of all time would be a woman, first of all, named, named Xingxi, or also known as Zheng Yisao, a Chinese former prostitute and widow. What? Yes. That's so cool. <laughs> yes, she is badass. So this is a pirate Was. episode? This is a pirate episode. Oh my god, an ex-sex worker turned pirate? Yes. Oh my god. And I'm pretty sure she was also a madam as well. How did you... Darn, I'm so jealous that you found this one. Yeah, this is a good one. Oh my gosh, well yeah. please tell us more. Yes, absolutely. So, and uh, and listeners, you heard me correctly. A prostitute sex worker uh, turned madam, turned wife of a pirate, turned pirate empress, essentially. Holy smoke! To like wrap it up in like, you know, one sentence. Um, kind of insane. Also, before I even, you know, get ahead of myself, I just want to take a look into her backstory. Yes. Um, just to give, I think it gives you guys a little bit of context as in, as well as you. Mm-hmm. Um, from now on, I'm also going to refer to her as Zheng Yisao mm-hmm. because she's known by many names, including Ching Shi, which is also uh, one that she went off by often. Mm-hmm. But um, the one she's most often known by is Zheng Yisao. Um and ironically, though, it translates to wife of Zheng Yi. Oh, that's interesting. So we'll uh-huh. we'll get into that, obviously, later. Um, not much is known about her origins, of course. Right. That's so common for the everyday people throughout history. Right. Like Their, their stories don't get recorded. They never get recorded. Mm-hmm. We just know that she was born in 1775. Okay. Actually, a pretty prolific year for American history as well. Yeah. And she was born in the Canton province of Guangdong, located in southern China on the the coast of the South China Sea. Okay. Um, and also, I just want to give a, a heartfelt apology to any Chinese listeners. Um, I'm going to be butchering these names. Oh, the effort is good. But I'm trying my absolute best. And yeah. I even did look up some like pr- like proper ways to pronounce these names. But I mean, I'm I don't know Chinese, so yeah. it's gonna be. I feel you. I should have done that for the Elizabeth Bathory episode. I <laughs> yeah. thought I could handle it. You know, I was yeah. like, I could figure this out, but and no. This is a language I know literally nothing about, yeah. so this is gonna be a little bit brutal. And I apologize in advance to y'all. Um, but we do know, though, she was born 1775, mm-hmm. and she was born into what we call today as extreme poverty. Mm-hmm. Um, most likely, her family, including her, were. Uh, Tonkas, which roughly translates to boat people. Oh, cool. Yeah, Tonkas, it's interesting. Tonkas were a sinicized ethnic group who who mostly lived on junks, which were a certain type of Chinese ship. It's it's not like I'm saying it's junk, it's trash. It literally is called a junk. I didn't know that. I've never heard that term yeah. before. It's there. There are this uh, Chinese ship. Really interesting, actually. I'll get into it in just a second. Um, and they were known. The Tonkas were known as uh, sea gypsies. Actually, funny enough. What? Yeah, to both the Chinese and British later on. So it's an ethnic group of what is directly translated as boat people. Right, and they're like. It's hard to explain, but essentially, like they were a sub-ethnic um, group mm-hmm. who were sinicized. So that means they became like you know 
Chineseified, for lack of a better word. Oh, I mean I see that what is synthesized. I yeah. guess that is the better word. Oh, but just yeah, yeah. yeah. So they became more like Chinese Engulfed in the Chinese culture and ethnic group. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah, the Chinese culture. But yeah, they were a separate ethnic group. Wow, that's so yeah. Cool. I mean, kind of like Russia. There's, I think, within China specifically, we often think of them uh, like you know that sounds so bad, but we often think of like a one a big country like that as like you know almost like one solid block, but it's yes. made up of hundreds of different ethnic groups. Of course, and yeah. Russia's so, a really good another example as yeah, well. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. Um, and that's important to remember. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So they were they were not part of like the Chinese like kind of natural or national excuse me identity. Mm-hmm. They were they were separate. Um, they were known as outsiders. They were seen as outsiders. Wow. As like barbarians, for lack of a better term. That's crazy. Right. And barbarians, it will be a couple. Not to give any spoilers, but the barbarians <laughs> come into play later as Ooh, well. Oh, exciting. Um, and it's just the reason why I wanted to tell you all this is it's important for context mm-hmm. to give a little bit into Zheng Yi Sao, like her, like the way she, I guess, Was presents raised. herself. And yeah, the way mm-hmm. she's raised. That's so cool. Um, also, I kind of want to give just a moment to junk shifts because they're pretty interesting themselves. Um, <laughs> like and again, a moment to junk shifts because yeah, I mean they're they're really cool. Um, also, first of all, and and I cannot stress this enough. It's not I'm not saying that they're trashed. They literally are called junks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, by the year 1800, they had already been around for centuries, which is kind of cool, and they were still being used. Um, they could transport up to 800 tons of cargo and could hold up to 40 cannons. Holy smokes. <laughs> yeah. They also didn't have a keel, which is like the bottom portion of a boat, mm-hmm. um, and had a retractable rudder, which means that they could sail into more shallow waters to attack dock ships or just escape more easily in general. That's really cool. Yeah. They also had, they held littler boats oh. that had swivel cannons that could be mm-hmm. used for stealth attacks. So extremely versatile. Very versatile. Mm-hmm. Um, really good for pirating. Yes. So... Let's get back to Zheng Yi Sao, or Cheng Shi. Um, at some point, we know that she becomes a sex worker and mm-hmm. is probably also a madam. Again, we know like next to nothing beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's mainly through this work, though, that around the turn of the century in 1800, she meets a man by the name of Zheng Yi. Mm-hmm. So obviously, spoilers. <laughs> yeah, I gave a little spoilers earlier. Um, we don't know really anything about the romance, uh, that would unfold, but we know that they would marry the following year in 1801. Okay. Yeah. They also would have two kids together. Oh. Yeah. And she would become a stepmom to Zheng Yi's adopted son, Zheng Bao. Okay. It's a fun little pirate family. Yeah. No. Um, oh, no. The real... <laughs> yeah. Uh, ugh. The relationship between Zheng Yi uh-huh. and Zheng Bao was complicated um why you can if we you think of ironically there's a couple themes here that can be tied to you know the ancient world mm-hmm. uh what this is unfortunately one of them you can think of the lines um the adopted son was more of like instead of you know adopted son you could translate that to like you know the ancient spartan way of an older male taking on a younger man under his wing oh no yeah it was kind of like that no and he was 15 when they when he first why yeah uh, i don't like that but that's um it wasn't uncommon at the time unfortunately so the two the her husband and his adopted son had a physical relationship yes okay just to clarify yeah and that's 
And how did she feel about that? Do we know? We don't know. Okay. We. Well, I wonder if it was common practice. It didn't. Let's just say this, not to give too many spoilers, but it didn't. It, it wasn't a deal breaker for her. Okay. Let's just say that. Okay. That's all I'm going to say for now because I don't want to get into it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, eventually she would trade the industry of sex work for that of piracy. Very cool. Very, I, I think it's an upgrade, but I think it's also kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. A little more, um, I, you know, physically grueling as well, but in a different way. <laughs> yes. I feel like it's a nice change of pace, probably. Yeah, this was a very interesting episode. She, Zhang Yi Sao, is the is definitely a weirdo oh, in, in, a, in a lot of senses. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'll say good now, but we'll... <laughs> you keep teasing really horrible things. Just get on with it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just going to move on, guys. So, Zhang Yi, the husband, mm-hmm. was a pirate who fought as a privateer for the Vietnamese Taesong dynasty um, in the Taesong Wars against Qing China. Mm. Um, in these events, it's important to know that he was a part of a fleet of ships not just the captain of one ship, you know, a la Captain Jack Sparrow of the Black Pearl. Oh my god, that's who I should have mentioned. Yeah, that's who you should have mentioned, by the way, earlier. Wes, I think Wesley is Dread Pirate Roberts is a good one. Listeners, you let me know what you think. Yeah, uh, Captain Jack Sparrow. and also, also a very good one, yeah. very good one. By the way, guys, Captain Jack Sparrow, not a real person from wow. the Pirates of the Caribbean. I, I mean, we're a history podcast. I, I like to throw in some pop culture references here and there, but... Important to, you know, distinguish pop culture from reality. I feel like that was really harsh, and <laughs> I don't even know what to say to you, so just keep going. <laughs> I'm going to keep going. Okay. <laughs> Long story short, the Taesong Dynasty fell, and Zhang Yi booked it back to the southern Chinese coast. Okay. You know, along the South China Sea. Um, a sort of civil war, I guess, happened mm-hmm. amongst the different fleets of pirates, but eventually they all coalesced into one confederation of sorts. And split into different sub-fleets, denoted by different colors. Okay. So they were the red fleet, mm-hmm. but there was also the white fleet, the black fleet, the purple fleet, etc. And they were a confederation. They were working Yeah, together. so they technically were kind of separate, yeah. but they all um, kind of somewhat reported up the okay. up the chain to Zheng Yi. Wow. Yeah. It... it, it it it's wasn't really official, like in an official capacity, but it was it was it, it was a semi-official capacity. That's really interesting. Yeah, um, the numbers here are staggering. Okay. Um, the Red Fleet, the fleet belonging to Zheng Yi, had at its height in 1807 around 300 junk ships. Oh my god! And between 20 to 40 thousand men. Oh my god! That's a lot of responsibility. Yeah, the entire fleet including, you know, the other colors a few years earlier in 1804, was around 400 ships strong and contained around 70,000 men. So, you know, in my, I think in 1807, when the fleets were at its height, mm-hmm. it could have been, I mean, I don't know, like a few hundred ships more than that. These pirates Maybe were... Maybe 100,000 men? I don't know. They it's were insane. ass. Yeah. It, I mean, they literally commanded a navy. Yeah, that's it. That's, it's they a had their navy. Own navy. Yeah, like that's what it was. Um, in 1807, you know, after bearing, you know, two children, though, the marriage between Zhang Yi and mm-hmm. Zhang Yi Sao would end, unfortunately. Okay, why did it, uh, amicably? Um, not necessarily. Oh, I mean, sort of, I guess, but through necessity, because Zhang Yi fell overboard during a storm and drowned. 
So the marriage didn't <laughs> end, babe. I know. I just wanted to they throw you off. I'm sorry, separated. listeners. I know. I just, I just felt like I had to put that in he there. Got I don't thrown know. Thrown overboard or he fell overboard? No, he fell overboard during okay. a storm. Um, Aww. Some accounts say he died during action, okay. uh, but you know, it possibly could have even been a combination of the two, right? Right. There was some there was a skirmish storm. going on during a storm. He fell over. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so the other commanders, you know, obviously there's a vacancy. Yeah. There's a vacancy. Uh, the other commanders of the Colored Fleets, though, named Zheng Yi Sao as a successor because she was capable, uh, it seems like, and revered. Wow, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. She must have been extremely well-liked for yes. a group of what I imagine predominantly men. Yes. Like, by far, to have elected her into this position. Mm. And you know what? I didn't say this earlier, but... Ironically enough, you know how I mentioned Captain Jack Sparrow? Yeah. She was in one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. What? Or, an, a, you know, a, a version of her. Yeah. We don't know. And there were no descriptions of what she looked like. Oh, wow. Weird, huh? That's so weird because whenever, not every time, but very often when women are noted in history, the first things noted are their looks. Yeah. And she, we don't know anything what she looked like. Wow. So they really liked her. Her. They liked her. They they respected her. That's um, so interesting. Yeah, pretty cool, huh? And which parts of the Caribbean movie do you remember? Uh, at World's End, there is a. I don't know if I saw that. That one. it's uh, the scene where they're all like all the pirates are like kind of in a like a congregation. Oh yeah. And you see like a you know a Chinese woman. And yeah. That's that's, that's her. supposed to be that's her? supposed to be her. That's so cool. Yeah, she was Let's a badass. Let's go watch it. Yeah, we'll watch it. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we'll skip work tomorrow. <laughs> Just kidding, if you're listening to this, boss. <laughs> <laughs> Not skipping work. Not skipping work. <laughs> <laughs> so she's named the successor, right? Yeah. And now before we get into the absolute insanity that would be like the next three years, I want to take a look at, you know, what the pirates under Zheng Yi Sao actually did mm-hmm. and what their code of conduct was. They had a code of conduct. Yes. They, like parlay? Kind of, I guess, but... That didn't go into that portion. I actually did some research into this specifically. That's so cool. But yeah, they had a legit code of conduct. And it wasn't like, you know, like, oh, Lucy Goosey was very serious. Mm. Like, most They're... of the things, if you broke, you would either, best case scenario, if you, like, you know, broke a code, you would get your ear chopped off. Okay. That's a lot of the times you'd get beheaded. Okay. So oh. they, they took this fairly seriously. That's not a good best case scenario, usually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Best so, case scenario, you know you're grounded. Right. You know, let's let's get into the code, <laughs> okay. shall we? Yes. <laughs> so it was unusual for the time because of the way they were to treat female captives, funny enough. Okay. Um, no, but in a good way. Okay. So if a pirate were to, you know, let's say, you know, uh, rape, I can't, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know what the other word is for it, a captured woman, mm-hmm. he would instantly be put to death. As he should be. Yes. I like it. But even more strangely... Mm-hmm. If they, let's say, you know, a pirate had consensual sex yeah. with uh, a prisoner, you know, maybe you know, maybe they're onto something here. But both the male pirate and the female captive would be executed. So they were very equal they in were... their treatment of people. <laughs> yes. Very egalitarian, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> wow, these are like really, obviously, very harsh. Right. But almost in a weird way, very like. Um, progressive, I guess, for their time. <laughs> yeah, in a about. very strange way. Yeah, not condoning killing ever, but that's nuts that they... Also, how strange that they 
would punish consensual sex. Yeah, maybe because of that power dynamic. Maybe they're onto something. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. Like, it, but then to punish the captive as well. Yeah, that one was weird. That's so. Weird. That one I thought was a little strange, but I would love to ask you know, them why. It was perfectly normal for a pirate to take a female captive as a wife. Okay, that was fine, um, but he but he would have to remain faithful to her. That oh was God. non-negotiable. I don't. I didn't see what the, the the punishment was if they weren't. But a lot of what the captains would do, mm-hmm. um, since they were higher up in the hierarchy, right? They could get around this by essentially just having multiple wives. The rules are always different for the people at the top. <laughs> they really are. It goes all the way to the. It goes top. all the way to the top. That's so weird. So, uh, whatever. <laughs> You're just like whatever. Okay. Yeah. So I should have expected something like that. That was one portion of the the code of conduct. But besides the treatment of women, it also concerned the sharing of booty. Okay. And I mean, you know, not like booty as in a, a booteous maximus. <laughs> no, but in the pirate way. In the pirate way, exactly. Pirate's booty. An pirate's booty. An amazing snack. Also an amazing snack. This mm-hmm. is and that's this is not an ad for it, by the way. No. So all captured items were to be distributed equally amongst everyone. Wow. Yeah, even amongst the captains and even Zhang Yi Sao. What? Yeah, pretty in- intense, honestly. So also if any pirate was found giving orders, you know, outside of his or her rank, Mm -hmm. they would be instantly subjected to beheading. Okay. Wow. Yeah, this code was, you know, uh, needless to say, very strict. And straying from the code was not necessarily a good idea. What an interesting, interesting code. I wonder if there was, like, a big meeting where they all sat down and decided on this, or if it, like, happened a little bit over like over time mm-hmm. like some guy was you know giving orders out of rank and he was just really annoying so they beheaded him and then they're like gosh i guess now we have to do it to everyone it's possible i'm really curious i would love to ask them so many questions about these rules maybe let's go back in time and ask her yeah let's you'd do have it. to know chinese though we don't know chinese son of a okay add it to the list add it to the list of <laughs> things to do <laughs> i'm having trouble learning spanish i don't think <laughs> i think chinese is out of the question <laughs> so Let's look at their activities. So, yeah. like, what did they do to earn money, right? When they as weren't a getting beheaded, what did they yeah. do? So, they would mainly prey upon merchant vessels and would capture cargo. That was the main source of revenue. Okay, for um, merchants. Cargo would include gold, silver, silk, spices, porcelain, tea, and cotton. Damn, I like all of those things. All those things. Cotton, yeah. I mean, cotton's important, but, like, you know, like, eh. That's the least exciting. Yeah, but. Make some nice undies, though. I mean, that's true. Some nice breathable undergarments. I also like the gold and silver. Silk? That's silk. nice. Silk's pretty cool, too. That's nice. Tea? Yeah. Silk I love is tea. legit. I mean, even the Romans love silk. Yeah. Ancient Romans love silk. Yeah, they were like, this is nice. This is nice. <laughs> so, yeah, silk was very important. It has been important in, you know, Chinese culture as like for literally, like, thousands of years. Yeah. But they would, you know, essentially take this cargo and then sell it to merchants along the coast. <laughs> They'd steal it from the merchants and then sell, sell it, it to back other merchants. To merchants? Yeah. Oh, what a <laughs> hustle, man. It was a hustle. So, and, you know, if the ship was foreign... <laughs> oh, yeah, get this, too. If So those were if Chinese ships. Okay. If the ship was foreign, they would do the same thing, but then also uh, capture people and ransom them off. Wow. <laughs> yeah. They were very well-organized pirates, though. Yeah, I mean, they literally had a navy... It was not and they just... had rules, and they had, like, uh, standard operating procedures. Right. How interesting. You know what? It also didn't even stop there. 
Oh my god. Yes. Similar to mobsters in mm-hmm. the US during the 20th century, they would demand protection money, quote unquote, from local merchants for safe passage through the fleet. So like a more passive income source for them. Passive income, exactly. These dudes were, and ladies, were smart. They were very smart. Oh my god. Yeah, you know, and since the fleet was literally hundreds of ships, that was, you know, that protection money went pretty far. Wow. Yeah. And the fleets would also raid and even like literally take over coastal towns um, with the count with counter raids from Chinese authorities mostly being futile. Of course, because yeah, they ran deep. Like, geez, exactly. So the fleets, you know, had essentially at its height in 1807 had pretty much their own like state, mm-hmm. right? Like. Um, and they they yeah. ruled a, a pretty fairly large portion of the South China Seas. <laughs> pretty awesome uh, for them, at least. For them. For them, mm-hmm. yeah. So let's let's just take you know, let's just you know take a little detour, or I guess not a detour, go away from the detour and go back to the main narrative. Yes, tell of us. Zhang Yi Sao. How's our girl doing? So shortly after her husband's death, mm-hmm. uh, she entered into a relationship with her stepson. Oh, me. Zhang Bao. Of a nutcracker. Yeah, this guy is literally like, uh, oh, God. I mean, this is straight up like I'm surprised there hasn't been a, an adult movie based off this. I'm sure there has. Listeners, do not look it up. I don't know. <laughs> Please don't. There's just so much wrong here. I that literally is... wrote that in my notes. There's so much wrong here. So she took her her late husband's job and his lover. Yeah, slash okay. stepson. Slash stepson. Okay, I understand. It really uh, what's happening i don't understand why yeah let's, but i'm just gonna kind of gloss over that <laughs> okay let's gloss over i don't think it. it's important that's <laughs> not important it's not important but what was important is that he became her second in command because he was okay. also very competent i'm and sure he's spent a lot of time with some great leaders yeah and just between <laughs> the two of them they essentially ruled the fleets right um so in the following year in 1808 zheng bao attacked a Chinese fleet of 35 ships and destroyed it. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, I mean, again, I, I'm te- like, they were a navy. Like, yeah. they destroyed other navies. You know, a month later, he engaged another fleet and destroyed it yet again. And what's crazy is that by this point, that provincial fleet of, um, the Chinese provincial fleet was, you know, knocked in half. Mm-hmm. So they essentially, like, became you know, warlords of entire regions of China at this point. It's incredibly impressive. Yeah. Um, But they also gained access to the Pearl River and hundreds to possibly thousands of miles of inland river access. Wow. Oh, could the the junk boats go in rivers? Yeah, because they could go into... The shallow waters. Shallower waters. Wow. So they were in, you know, they had 40 freaking cannons on them. Right, so that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Coming down the river. 1809, the following year, was just nuts. Um, an imperial fleet of around 100 ships under the, the command of, uh, and I'm going to butcher this, Sun Quan Mao mm-hmm. attacked a small group of pirates who immediately called for the aid of Zheng Yi Sao. Mm-hmm. She formulated a plan of attack with her subordinates and essentially attacked from all sides with her personally charging into the into the fray with her infamous red fleet. Like, at the, like, you know, once they had been blocked off and yeah. flanked, she kind of just gave the kill shot. That's so cool. And you know what's nuts about this too? Uh-huh. Um, 
This is the same tactic that was used over 2,000 years prior by Alexander the Great. Really? Yes, but on horseback instead of, you know, oh, okay. with his, his infamous cavalry charge. So, like, what they would do is, like, they'd kind of, he did this against the Persians. Like, they would draw out um, the famous ba- Battle of Galgamela. Like, he drew out, like, you know, his forces. And then once he saw, like, an opening in the line, he just charged straight ahead with him. And, you know, with him, like, at the the spear point, essentially, of that charge. And Zheng, Zheng Yi Sao did the same thing. That's so cool. But on ships. But on ships. Over 2,000 years later. That's incredible. I know. Isn't that nuts? Some, I don't know. History doesn't, maybe not, doesn't repeat itself, but it's definitely, it echoes itself. It echoes itself. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. I was like, oh, my God. That was the first thing I thought when I read that. I was like, oh, my God. That's so cool. What a cool connection to make. Yeah. So she was obviously like pretty gifted even militarily or yeah. at least in a like um like in a naval capacity, yeah. right? Yeah. She was very strategic. Very strategic. It wasn't just like, "Oh, she's really nice. We like her." And she was, you know, his <laughs> right. late wife. Like she's really really good at this. Yeah. And they routed the Chinese fleet of over 100 ships. Um and which was, you know, probably an incredible victory for the pirates. It's I mean, I'm so impressed. <laughs> yeah, like they are taking on like national fleets. This is incredible. Obviously, yeah. again, we don't we're not like condoning crime and no, no, I'll warlords get... and stuff like that. And they're doing a lot of messed up stuff. But just you know, from a historical historical perspective, this is insane, insanely oh, no. impressive. Like, they were brutal in, yeah. in a in a period of like just a couple of months. At, they killed at least ten thousand villagers. Along oh the Chinese God. coast. So, like, I don't want to necessarily say, like, they're good people, right? Right. Like, they were not. But it's still badass. Like, like Great Genghis Khan, like, one of the most badass leaders of all time. Like, he literally, like, killed so many people that carbon emissions dropped. Like, <laughs> the yeah. first, like, eco-terrorist, maybe. <laughs> wow. But, um, but anyways, like, he's still badass. Like, she is badass, but, like, not just... Ne- I wouldn't necessarily call them good people. No, it's badass, and, like, this is insanely impressive. Right, exactly. This is nuts, and I'm also so surprised. I guess not. I was educated in America. I'm so <laughs> yeah. surprised I've never heard of this. Yeah, I know. It's, I know, freaking American educational system. This is... Just to think about it... Like, is blowing my mind. Right? That's crazy. I'm so glad you shared this story. I know. I love... I, when I researched this, I was like, oh my god, this is the coolest thing I've ever... Like... It sounds like a movie. It That's does. what it is. It, it doesn't it, sound like it's real life. No, it doesn't. Like, this is insane. It really needs to be... If it hasn't been made into a movie yet, it should be. Mm-hmm. At least it... I don't, I don't think it's been made into, like, a, a major, like, English-speaking production. Yeah. It might, maybe in China it has been made into a movie, but obviously I haven't seen it. We'll look it up. So... This fortune, though, however, was not to last. Okay. Uh, later in the year, in 1809, the White Fleet... Mm-hmm. Remember how I said that there's, there's different, different colors? colors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the White Fleet was destroyed um, to a massive Imperial fleet. Wow. And uh, But the thing is, the the White Fleet like didn't go out without a fight. Mm-hmm. They took out a substantial part of that Chinese Imperial fleet and even killed a brigadier general in the process. Oh, wow. So they really went down swinging. They really, yeah, they weren't going to go out with, you know, without a whimper. Yeah. Or, they didn't go out with a whimper, excuse me. <laughs> with a bang. They went out with a bang. Mm-hmm. There we go. I don't know. Yeah, I can't talk right now. But, um, so I, you know, I also want to say like, you know, they were badasses. They weren't Robin Hoods. Right. But again, 
They were badasses. And that really interesting not... to learn about. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to live with them, but learning <laughs> about them, super cool. Yeah. I maybe would hang out with them if for like... They promise not to hurt me. Yeah. <laughs> but definitely not live with them. You're yeah, right. Yeah, you know what? I, I didn't put this in my notes, but there was an Englishman um, who was captured by them and, and spent like four, I think, months like learning from her specifically. She was his captive and... Uh, or he was her captive. Yeah, he was her captive, excuse me. And um he said like, you know, quarters were cramped and it was like disgusting everything, but of course. like besides that he was treated pretty well and like he he was like in he was like in shock at how well organized they were. That's nuts. Did he live? Yeah, he lived. Oh, cool. Yeah, and they ransomed him off and he lived All right, the rest that was of his their life. Strategy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what's crazy is that eventually like the Chinese like like couldn't handle this and they're like shit we need help yeah and so they they turned to what they called barbarians for help okay barbarians being the portuguese (laughs) (laughs) oh my god yeah we gotta ask the barbarians to come in yeah i know that's just such a thing in history is like everyone who's other is just barbarian anyone who's not us i know yeah so the portuguese controlled macau at the time which is you know an island yeah by hong kong in the south uh china sea um to summarize a very complicated series of events, Zhang Yisao essentially beat back a combined Sino-Portuguese fleet. So Chinese-Portuguese ships working together, beat them back, didn't lose a single ship in the process. What? Uh, I think only had like 40 men killed total. Um, and then, you know, she I dist- uh, she had a much smaller fleet and destroyed like, a, I think a few, they were basically being blockaded and she beat the blockade um and destroyed a few of their ships in the process without losing a single of her ships this is nuts yeah it's insane however though you know end of the year things are not looking great so the commander of the black fleet mm-hmm. essentially rebelled against the confederation these other fleets aren't getting their shit together I the know. red fleet is killing it red fleet's killing it white fleet is like we out we oh did my God, black, black fleet is like, like no rambunctious rambunctious rascals so he rebelled and he technically won, I guess, mm-hmm. like a, a single engagement. I'm not sure if Zheng Yi Sao was actually there, mm-hmm. but like it was a very close, like, uh-huh. you know, um, very close victory. And he saw, you know, the writing of the wall. And so he was like, well, I guess the only thing to do now is uh, surrender to authorities. And so, which he did in January of 1810. And this is important. He received a full pardon. Oh, that was smart. Yeah. He received a full pardon. By the Chinese government. And, you know, perhaps, you know, seeing that her days were also numbered, Zheng Yisao also sought a pardon. Hmm, um, I guess. She didn't get one. No, she did. Oh, yay! On April 20th, 1810, her life of piracy officially came to an end. And she, um, and the remaining portion of her confederation surrendered to Chinese authorities. And re- they all received a full pardon. These are people that, like you said, literally destroyed entire villages. Literally, And yes. they were just so happy to get them out of the, the seas. They were like, yeah, sure, you guys, just pardon. Just yeah. leave us alone. They, they were paid. They were pardoned. <gasps> they even, get this, um, she and Zhang Bao were also allowed to maintain a small fleet. No! And ironically, ironically, guess what their their mandate from the Chinese government was? Were they like cops or something? Anti-piracy 
like fleets oh my god <laughs> it's like those stories of like the teenage kid that like hacks the cia so then yeah. the cia hires him yeah it, that's literally like kind of what happened that's crazy yeah so she she gets a full pardon they and like her her confederation like they had like i, I forgot i didn't write this down like the full accounting but like when she surrendered they had she still had tens of thousands of men uh it was way less than the 70s she had like at her height um, but she was in, you know, direct or like indirect command of like, like almost 20,000 men. Like I, I forgot like a hundred ships or something, you know, don't quote me on, on the, all these figures, but it was a lot, like an absurd amount of cannons, a lot of provisions. So she gives up most of that. She get they get to keep, you know, full, you know, clean slate. They get to keep, you know, a few dozen ships or whatever. Mm-hmm. They do this, um, Engage in anti-piracy, and she would live for another 34 years. Wow. Yeah, but, like, living somewhat, you know, a legal life, right? She also, she's still engaged in um, smuggling of operations. Because, of course, you know, what, you're a pirate. Like, she's kind of, she, she took it, she chilled out a little bit. But, like, you know, she did, she smuggled, and then she also ran a gambling house. Wow, yeah. she was not straight edge. Yeah, and she even married Jing Bao. What? Her stepson. The, right, her stepson slash her husband's, That's... her dead husband's ex-lover. Got it, yeah. got it, got it. Yeah. That's my least favorite part of the story. And she had a son <laughs> with him. No! <laughs> yes. So she ended up having like three kids. Two with, you know, Zheng Her Yi. first husband. Yeah, first mm-hmm. husband, and then, and then one with Zheng Bao. So... Wow. That was the absolute insane life of Zhang Yi Sao. She, like, insane. I can't even speak, like, who lives a life like that? And who commits atrocities? (laughs) And then is like, here's a reward. I know. Don't be too bad. Imagine, like, I can't imagine the U.S. government doing something like that right now. I mean, maybe back in, like, the 19th century. And all, again, like, yeah. and also, I can't imagine the Chinese government doing that now, either. No. Um, the world is so different, but yeah. how incredible to think about. It literally sounds like a movie. It does. It literally does. That's nuts. What a cool story. I know, right? I loved, I loved, loved, loved researching about this because it was just it was i mean it doesn't seem real like this sounds like it's a joke like someone was just like messing with me mm-hmm. but no this is real and the ending that they were like um we will also hire you yeah so they gave <laughs> them a ton of like everyone received a lot of money like and also pork randomly okay right because as one does <laughs> um yeah but then like yeah everyone just got to kind of like punch them I mean, people like could like a lot of the the ex pirates ironically enlisted into the into the Chinese Navy. I think it's just like (laughs) like it's incredible. You know what it is? I feel like people that love the sea and love living at sea just cannot imagine a life without it. I think I read that actually. Yeah. Yeah, I like I think I've mentioned on this uh, podcast before. Both sides of my family are big in the Navy, in the U.S. and Mexican Navy. And I, that's just the sense that I get from them as well. Like, it's so hard to walk away from that life. Yeah, I can see that. I'm not like that. I get seasick very yeah. easily. We were in Cabo um, a few weeks ago and you we got went, seasick. Yeah, we went whale watching and I got a little seasick. Well, whereas I'm just like drinking my what, my wine and like eating my cheese and crackers and just dancing. Literally. Yes. Yeah. It was, literally. <laughs> it was lovely. I'm so glad you brought that up again. Um <laughs> 
But yeah, the, so I just, it doesn't surprise me that they were like, well, we still have to live this way. Right. It also feels very adventurous, very free. Uh, even though, even if they're in the Navy, I feel like it must have felt a little like anarchistic. I don't know how to explain it. I feel like the rules don't apply when you're out at sea, man. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Right? Isn't that cool? Thank you so much for sharing the story. Absolutely. And before I forget, and before people make fun of me yet again, uh, I need to list my sources. Go for it. So, first of all, we have worldhistory.org. Great website. Um, also, thetempest.co. Okay. I've never used them before, but they had some interesting stuff to say about her. I'd imagine that's a lot of sea history. Yes. Or sea stories. Yes. Mm -hmm. Also Atlas Obscura. I've used oh, them. Yeah. They're great. They are great. Um, Queen Anne's Revenge Project, as you can imagine, is very heavily focused on piracy. That's so cool. Yeah. What a cool website Really name. cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think Queen Anne's Revenge was Blackbeard ship, I want to say. I'm not 100% certain on that, but I'm pretty sure. It was either Blackbeard or Jack Sparrow. Yeah. Jack Sparrow's Black Pearl. Oh, right. <sighs> <laughs> and of course wikipedia you know yeah I, same old same stuff. old same old well but, thank you for yes. sharing the story of let me see if i can say her name correctly zhang yi sao yeah and we won't mention zhang bao but i just did <laughs> <laughs> but i just did <laughs> well yes and listeners i hope you guys enjoyed the story because i loved telling it to y'all very cool please uh let us know if you had heard of uh Zheng Yi Sao before because I had not in had you heard it before the research actually yes I had oh wow. that's I I heard about her um god I think in college that's incredible I have never heard of her so this yeah. was really cool for I learned so so much awesome this was very informative excellent I thank you that makes me feel happy yeah actually. Yes, yes. and thank you all for listening to another episode of history for weirdos absolutely do not forget to rate, review, subscribe, all the fun stuff to help us grow. Um, you can check us out on Instagram. We're not like incredibly active, but we're trying to get more active. That's a big resolution of ours right. this year. So check us out at History for Weirdos. History for Weirdos. And you can always email us at historyforweirdos at gmail.com. Exactly. And we will see you all next week. See you all next week. And oh, one more plug. Yeah, if you guys time. want to see ancient history, yes, I have my TikTok, and I haven't posted in a while. But you know, part of the New Year's resolutions is getting back into the swing of things, and yes. that's going to change. Uh, pretty much daily updated videos on anything from you know Neolithic to the fall of ancient Rome. Yeah, ancient history TikTok at Roma Omnia. Boom, thank you. <laughs> that was a way better way of saying it. <laughs> All right, until next time, guys. Thanks, weirdos. Bye.